In a world where horrid stenches and piercing screams come not from the realms of fantasy, but from the nightmare of reality. Come two heroes bonded by love and the kind of desperation only parents can know. No, God, please, no, no, no! Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes Three, the greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts by parents who have made a podcast about being gamers with a baby. Did I mention it's a podcast? Here are your hosts, Gretchen Hilmers and Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler here with Gretchen Hilmers, RPGs and Baby Makes 3, episode 15? Is, is it? Well, it's just know. weird because we don't have, we have like episodes of the podcast and then we have other pieces of content that aren't technically podcast episodes. Welcome to a new episode of RPGs and Baby Makes 3. <laughs> Uh, uh, we're getting back in the saddle again. We are. Well, I mean, let's look at the back-to-back weeks of having episodes, and so that's really great. Let's go ahead and roll for initiative. They see me rolling. Some people are born lucky. Let's roll. Roll for initiative. Gaming recently, Gretchen. It's been the dead zone. It has been the dead zone. Well, we did have Thanksgiving, so we that did. was kind of hard to... Oh, and you know what? We had back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back, uh, parent illnesses uh, from our toddler. True. I had put... I have put <laughs> Dragonlance on a temporary hiatus until we're all healthy again. I mean, it'll be back. It'll I'm feeling back. good today, though. I am feeling good today, too. Um, I think the but Krakenheim... kid goes back to school tomorrow. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> the AD&D Krakenheim game, second edition Krakenheim game, the Ice Barbarian game that I've been playing, I think is on a sort of temporary hiatus. We'll see if it comes back or not, which is kind of a bummer. Mm, other than that, I don't really think we've got much going on. I mean, there's always the potential to play in a one-shot. We're going to talk about one-shots today with... Um, with our buddy Nick playing some um, playing some Cthulhu. Man, he and is, he's good at that. He is really good at Cthulhu. We played some Desanction as well, and we're going to be releasing those as actual plays. We've got a third part of the, the third and final part of the one shot, so to speak, that we're going to be playing here next week. Not this coming week, but next week. So we'll, we should have that out soon. You know, we'll be able At to do that. At some time in the near future, we will some have it out. Some in the near future. So yeah, not a lot of gaming. We did get the Heroes Quest, I guess, Hasbro Lab Kickstarter in. So we haven't opened that yet. And how yet, long but, ago did you fund that? I mean, it felt like it was like two years ago. So before or something? Yeah, because I thought it was going to be like coming in like soon when I ordered it. And then I was like... After I had, after the funds went through, it was like, 
coming to you in December of 2021. I was like, what? <laughs> so, but it did come in. We haven't even opened it yet. So I think we're going to do an unboxing video on that one. So At least it cool. came through on like the original run of Evil Dead. Yeah, although we have two Evil Deads because we yeah. got a replacement for that. You hung so. in there. Because I did. I hung in there. I stayed strong. But yeah, not a lot of role playing. Although we've gotten in some more games recently lots and of zines, lots huh? of zines yeah so we've got to play some of those zines and that'll be a lot of fun but um but yeah not a lot of talk not a lot to talk about as far as gaming goes this week so why don't we get into the beef of the show mm. big slab of veggie beef <laughs> we did have a veggie roast for our we did would Thanksgiving, you eat lab grown beef yeah that would yeah. too yeah why not i don't know well, I, would I mean, if it tastes good and doesn't like turn you into a mutant or something, I'm I'm down. Yeah, give it time. Yeah. Let's get to the beef. <laughs> What's in here? Bag of holding. All right, so this week's episode, and we're gonna we're getting right to it here. Our main topic, we wanted to sort of talk about one shots versus long term campaigns because we have played a lot of one shots and we played some long campaigns, and I think that there are pluses and minuses to each. But I I kind of wanted to start off with asking a question, something that we talked about recently. And Gretchen, I wanted to ask you, what are the most fun moments that you can think of in role-playing games that you've had? Like, what are the moments that really stand out to you as far as your gaming goes? When you know you're gonna, when your character is gonna die or you're gonna lose and you just go at it. You just go all in. Yeah, you just go all in. I kind of think that's a, that's a really funny, that is fun, actually. I love doing that in like a Call of Cthulhu game or something like that where you're just, like you're about to be toast. Gretchen and I played in a, we mentioned our buddy Nick, and, and we played in one of his Call of Cthulhu games, and I think we were sort of feeling like we were going to die. So we decided we were going to do the evil blood ritual and sacrifice an NPC in order to survive. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a, that was kind of a funny, it was sort of like a last ditch effort, right? Well, yeah. I know you and I kind of been planning for it the whole time, <laughs> which is not, I don't play characters like that so it was really fun to just be like now nah, we're gonna kill her <laughs> yeah um i kind of think of the best moments for me role-playing are often the moments that you don't expect to have happen like at all like they're the ones that and this is kind of why i wanted to bring up this topic it's almost never like when you're fighting the big bad evil guy like it's never it almost never feels like it's the big epic monster or the meeting with the king it's like the random weird role play that happens <laughs> or like some random encounter or some strange dice roll or like somebody has a bad night of dice rolling oh don't rub it in okay okay how about somebody has a good night of dice rolling don't rub it in okay <laughs> but one I mean day my dice both digital and analog will actually roll nicely for me one day. So, i tell you a, a moment. So I was playing, I think it was Mutants and Masterminds, which is a superhero RPG. And I was playing a character who 
I called him Mr. Lucky, but he also had the nickname White Privilege as his <laughs> superhero name because he was like a rich white kid and his superpower was luck. He was like, he, he didn't really have a superpower, so to speak, but like, you know, it was like when bad guys would pull out their gun to shoot at him, like they would, the, the gun would jam or, you know, that kind of thing. And so... We, as heroes, there was this... I love that concept. It's such a good concept. I love so it. So It's so fun. And so we, our band of heroes, we went to... There was this band which was touring the country. And people were... They were basically turning the audience into mind-controlled zombies, essentially, right? And we kind of figured, found out about this. And so we had to go there and stop the concert before it happened. That was happening in our town. So, and like, and bring this band to an end, right? And so, like, you know, we have one person in the group who's like a teleporter. That was their like special power. He could teleport through through walls and do all this stuff. We had another guy who was basically the Incredible Hulk. Like, he, he was massive and could smash things and, like, do crazy stuff. And we had another person, I think I could shoot, like, lightning bolts or something like that, right? And then I, we have, then we have White Privilege, my character. <laughs> and so we go to this concert and the band starts playing and they're sending out this sonic messages, like, and starting to control the crowd and all of the heroes are doing their crazy things like you know the the big behemoth guy is he's fighting the bouncers and trying to like get to the stage to stop the music and the other character that i think they could shoot lightning bolts was shooting the lightning bolts at the um at the electric the, the controls and stuff to stop the speakers from working and then like the teleporter is trying to get on stage and like stop things and i Climbed up to the rafters. I don't know why I climbed up to the rafters. I can't remember the specific details. But I do know that I failed the roll. And I fell from the rafters. But I was playing Mr. Lucky. <laughs> so I fall from the rafters and I ended up crashing into the drum set. <laughs> Which and would hurt so bad. So bad. But because I was Mr. Lucky, like I took like less damage and stuff like that. And I remember... In character, I said, I'm a hero as I made the music stop because I crashed into like the drums and everything like that. And it was from an unlucky role, right? So the way you write up that adventure is not guy, critical fails, falls from the ceiling, crashes on the drums, and stops the music, the music, right? And I think that those are the best moments in the game. The moments that you don't... They're not scripted. They're not like you know, uh, uh, a railroad that leads you down a certain path and then that's the station you end up at and it's the big hero, you know, it's not, we're not playing a novel. I think that those are like the best moments and that was really kind of a fun, and that was just a little side quest. It wasn't really like a big epic adventure. And that kind of got me, I, the reason why I asked you this question is because I almost feel like in long-term campaigns, we get a little bit wrapped up in what is the end? What is the big thing that's going to happen at the end? And the expectation is that at the end, it's going to be awesome. Really? That, I don't... Well, I think 
people do. Though. But I think that maybe that's just the way my my character is, which is kind of a reflection of me. I, I enjoyed, I really enjoy the travel to the destination. Yeah, we've um, talked about the journey rather than the, the journey. destination. Yeah, so this. like, but also like Tick Tick's along for the ride. And so if it's going to be the end of the ride, that's that's not Tick Tick's fun time. Right, and for those who haven't listened before, Tick Tick is a kender that Gretchen plays in the Dragonlance Uncharted game. Yeah, D&D game that I run. He just wants to hang out and be friends with everybody and eat snacky snacks. Well, let's take a look at other games, though. Like, let's take a look at... Well, it's interesting because in a Ravenloft game that we play, a long-term campaign, we're only really now kind of grasping the... Things and stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the what the big story is. And Supernatural's kind of hard because it's more of a monster of the week sort of thing. Those are the most fun things. And I think even in in that game, your character, Megan, is a little bit of... is very different than Tick-Tick, but also kind of doesn't give a crap in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. So she doesn't really care about the big thing. You know, or she mostly cares about her friends and like... Oh, she mostly cares about her coffee run. I know, but she really does care about her friends. She will not admit to that. No, she won't. But it's interesting (laughs) though because like... Because I kind of think about it... When I think about games, it's oftentimes like the little... Those little moments. And I sort of feel like one shots, even though instinct tells me and even my heart... I want to play in this big epic campaign where you have this time to really learn about your character and delve into your character. I kind of feel like one-shots almost provide more of those opportunities because you have less to lose. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm you... not losing uh, investment of 60-plus sessions of a character that I've grown so emotionally bonded to. I'm just, I'm just a ride, and you know, sometimes it's just pre down so I just dive right in, and that's, that's just how it, how it goes. Yeah, like, you're not even really sure, like, what the character is until, like, literally the moment you play the game, start playing the game. Or sometimes you don't worry about what their motivations are and stuff, they just do. Yeah, like, you, you develop motivations, like, within the first few minutes of play, but, like, you don't really, like, have to think about, well, 20 sessions ago, I got this, like, you know, Sword of the Ancients, and I have to, like, think about this or that, or whatever it might be, right? We played Aegon for Glory, and you brought up, there was an awesome moment in that game. We, in part two, so it was a three-part, it was basically three short adventures. We were trying to escape, get back to our homeland. I was playing Hesperos, the advisor, what was your character's name again? Ruthius. Ruthius, you were sort of the violent hero. And then, what was Elle's character's name again? I can do it. Yeah, do it. Chrysophenia. Chrysophenia, okay. <laughs> so Chrysophenia, and Chrysophenia was kind of the, I don't know, I think she was most entitled, I guess you might say, and she was a bow, uh, she was an archer, and a, or not an archer, she was... Swift of foot. Swift of foot, and... Yeah, fleet of foot. And there was a moment where we had completed the mission, which was to win this race with these mechanical wings, right? We won the race, which let us decide who was going to be the next king of the island. And so the mission is over. We're in the sort of epilogue of it. Ruthius won. Ruthius won. And then what'd you do? 
it was a very violent thing. It's not. We'll say it. Just okay, say so it. the 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 old king was really snobby, and he really wanted to put everybody down. And Ruthius was the granddaughter of uh, the god of war, Ares. So of course she's going to be a little bit more prone to uh, violence. And she just walked up to the guy after he was smart mouthing her, and she grabbed his throat and, and crushed his throat and killed him. And then took his seat, his throne. Right. Awesome. I know, it but was... that's not something I normally do. Okay, but <laughs> in, within the context of the game, and that game it is really perfectly. epic, mm-hmm. and Hesperos like, went, and we had this really great moment because then... Hesperos went and stood next to the throne as the advisor, <laughs> and then um, and then Chrysophenia turned to everybody else in the crowd, like with her spear, and looked like, "Is anybody gonna do anything about this? Because this is our kingdom now." <laughs> and that was the end. That was the end of the episode. And then the next episode, we went on to a new location. Like our ship continued on. We didn't really care that that had happened. Like, well, it. It played a role because you end up getting objects that you can continue along with you. But I think that that doesn't happen on session two of a long-term campaign. No. Ever. Ever. And there's something... I resist playing in the shorter things because I want, like... I have this feeling like I need to have something deeper or whatever. But you can have these incredibly deep and powerful moments in a one-off. That's the thing that I'm noting. Like, and I think of like Alice is Missing. Oh, it was yeah. a one-shot. And that was incredibly deep and powerful as a one-shot. You know, I mean, I think you can have those kind of experiences. Or we're playing Desanction, and it's taking us three sessions, but it's essentially a one-shot. But I feel like those characters are really well-developed characters. Like, they feel... The world feels pretty deep and detailed and interesting, and the way the three of you are playing off of each other is really interesting to me. The characters don't feel one-dimensional just because you're playing in a short-term Which is funny because my character strives to be one-dimensional until she needs to adjust according to whatever the situation deems. She's showing which one dimension she wants to show at any given time, which I think is kind of interesting. Other games, I think, are a little bit more one-dimensional. We played in a playtest for a Mothership game, and those characters were very one-dimensional. Like, they were... They were archetypes, you know what I mean? So, like, I played the doctor, biologist doctor guy, and that's all I was. Like, I didn't even, I don't even, I didn't really have a, like, playing a character, but that was also a playtest, so we were really just checking how it played through. Yeah, you didn't really have character development. It was more about the mechanics. More about mechanics and stuff like that. But I think Yokai Hunter Society was a little bit like that, too, where it didn't really feel like it had a ton of character development happening while we were playing Mm-mm. playing that game either. So I think that it can depend. And I think it really depends on sort of the I system. I just don't, you know, since we bring up Yokai, I don't like the way that they pre-gen the characters. I don't like it either. They're, I think that's I think a... that the characters are very flat. It's not, I don't know. I don't I don't really like it. I think I that... think the game is good yeah. and interesting. Yeah, I love the concept. But I think the pre-gen is not 
no. a good way. I don't like the gen character generation. I almost feel like you just need to be able to pick your own things and just do it your own way. Yeah, I think if I play again, that's what I'm going to do. I you got to think like that it's a zine game, so it's meant to be, they want it to be super easy so that way nobody has to do any work and you can just sit down and play right away. And when I ran it for Nerd Burger Con, it was perfect for that because it's like, I'm playing for a con, so like, you can't expect anybody to show up with characters or know the game. So like, it's perfect in that circumstance. But given that when we played Yokai with the RPG Connection group, we kind of knew some of the players and you sort of have some familiarity. We could have done a little more, I think, with characters in that sense than we could do, than you can do like in a con and what, a lot of the zine games are meant for, which is just like quick pick up and play simple rules. So, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm just thinking about these one-offs versus long-term campaigns because I, I don't know, like even now, like, you know, whatever. I'm a part of numerous discords. I'm not on Facebook nearly as much as I used to be, but when I am, I'll go to like, you know, D&D groups or whatever, and people are cert are looking for new groups and looking for new players, and it's always for a campaign, and I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting and stuff like that. I don't really have the time to do that anyway, but if I even had the time, like, do I really get more out of the long-term campaign? Because I actually sort of feel like it's rare that a one-off is disappointing to me. But I feel like you can have lulls in a campaign of multiple sessions in a row, and then you have a great session, and it's like, wow, that was such a fun, awesome session. But like, you're not really getting as much bang for your buck as far as every session is fun. Like, I feel like almost every one-off I play ends up being fun for one reason or another. Whereas I don't necessarily feel that way about a campaign. I mean, the, the campaigns that I have, the long-term campaigns that I have experience with, you tend to be pretty good about having some fun little element. Or, I mean, there have been some... There, Okay, there are some outliers. I, I think... Yeah, I don't know. Now I think about it. Well, like, there's never, like, a shopping session <laughs> in a one-off. You know what I mean? Or, like... Uh... Like, okay, like, we had a session in... Dragonlance Uncharted, where it ended up being pretty interesting, but you found, you were in your ship, and you were approaching the coastline, and you saw a town. You did a little research, and you're like, nah, we're not gonna go to that town. So we spent basically a whole session, and basically a session and a half, exploring a town from afar, and deciding not to engage with any of the NPCs or any of the things that were going on there. That's totally fine. I mean, I don't mind that as a, as a game master because I don't prep. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a future episode. But it was like, I mean, I guess that is a campaign style session. You would never want that to be the ultimate outcome of a one-off. Oh man, that would suck. Like if you were playing, but that's interesting. Let's take that exact scenario. Okay, so I'll describe it. You're in the, the group was in the ship. They were looking to get more crew members for the ship because they had like a skeleton crew, essentially, as far as their ship goes. So they were going up the coast and the first coastal town was this town called Alsip. And they got, you know, basically into the harbor and then they ended up using their magics and things like that to explore the town a little bit. 
and discovered that there was some nefarious things going on underneath the surface. There were, first of all, there was like three people sort of hanging. Also, it was very racist to several members of our group. Yeah, there was like three people hanging from from gallows in the front of the town. It was like all muddy and there was a bunch of stuff going on there and it looked to be dangerous and maybe not like the best place to go in the world. So the group took off, but if you're playing a one-off, like totally would have wanted to go to that. That's the place I want to visit on a one-off, right? Because you know... Yeah, I don't care if my character gets killed. Right, you know some S is going to go down. You know you're about to fight some stuff. You know it's, it's a bunch of like ruthless scallywag you know scallywags well, you know what i'm talking about i know but i love that you said scallywags i kind of think that that's cool about though that's what's cool about one-offs you know yeah. or like 10 candles dude the depth of play you can get from a game like 10 candles in a one-off a one-shot that's mm -hmm. another great game for that yeah yeah another great game for that love that game anyway anything else you got to say about this hmm Oh, well, we were talking about, you know, some of the, the things that stick out from the random little bits and things that stick out from our campaigns is we keep talking about it because it was funny and we see this happen all the time in real life with our toddlers when uh, Tick Tick made a yelping sound while invisible and alerted to the guards that, uh, that there were in fact people there that they couldn't see. And then it was a, a whole process of cleaning up this, this oops. And you know, tick tick cleaning up his own mess. Tick tick cleaning up his own mess, and it's just—it's really funny because I think you even mentioned this yesterday with our son cleaning up his own mess. It was very yeah, it's like tick tick. Our son Lincoln was walking around with the vacuum cleaner, cleaning up all the dirt that he had spilled on the ground, <laughs> and he was so proud of himself. And we were like praising him. And then I'm thinking to myself, good job cleaning up your own mess. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like tick tick in that moment was like, hey guys. What am I, not nobody gonna thank me for yeah, cleaning this I up? I fixed it. I fixed, I fixed I broke it, but I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really yeah, funny. There, there's some great moments, and I, I don't know. They, they bring me joy. There's a lot of things that bring me joy. I'd be curious to hear what people have to say, though, about one-shots versus campaigns and sort of their experiences. And whether, you know, the kind of the depth of play and, like, what what are the most memorable moments? Because I, I, I wonder, I think it's very rare that people the memorable moment is the last moment of the campaign. I sort of feel like it's usually like something happens, things that happen along the way, the little moments that end up being the truly treasured parts of a campaign. But yeah. anyway, email us at RPGs and Baby Makes 3 if you got something to say about that. Or you can leave a comment in the YouTube comments section as well. And we'll look RPGs at those as well. Baby Makes 3 at gmail. At gmail.com. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's finish up this episode. Come to the conclusion of another episode of RPGs and Baby Makes 3. Gretchen, I wanted to kind of, we always sort of end our show talking about stuff that we've got that are role-playing based kind of things. I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot, a lot, a lot. And I've read some really, really good books that I think are awesome as far as fantasy stuff goes. If people are looking to kind of I don't know, come up with some inspiration. I've been reading, I read the first two books of the Witcher series, which I think was, I mean, just, they were just incredible. And I'm not gonna say his name, but it's Andrzej Sapkowski. Can you pronounce his name there? A-N-D-R-Z. Well, probably just, just Andre. Andre, maybe, Andre Sapkowski. And the translation by David French. So I read 
The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, which are the first two. I'm a little confused because it's not entirely certain if those were the first two books written or if those are just them in the reading timeline now. But they're collections of short stories, and a lot of the short stories in the first two books are ones that they revisit in the first season of the television show, but it gives you so, so, so much more. And it made me appreciate the show even more. Really, really great. Um, really, really great reads. And then I'm also, right now, I started reading this book called The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie, and it's the First World Trilogy. The First Law Trilogy, I'm sorry. And uh, so it's the first book in that, and that's been kind of interesting as well. It's, you know, I'm kind of in this whole grimdark place, so I guess it would be a grimdark book. Um, you know, follows Which like... Which is not happy and sunny and shiny. No, no, it's not. But I kind of like that right now. Yeah, I'm it's not usually right your thing, so... No, you know, it's funny. I don't really like watching that stuff in a television kind of show, but I can like, totally read it. I'm into it. Even one of the main characters in this book is is a torturer. And you know how I feel about torture on television. So I can't watch it. I don't watch it. Or role playing. Yeah, and I don't do any torture in role playing. That's that's as well. I don't I don't I don't feel like like I could have a veil on it, but I'm not going to Yeah, we all exercise our demons somehow. Yeah, but the books I can read them. But these are really great and I find that like reading really positively impacts my GMing. But I also think it makes it easier for me to improv mm. as a GM. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Because it's like I've got the language and it, and you meet NPCs, mm -hmm. essentially, like in the books. And you can steal like little traits or ideas or like descriptive terms or anything like that. And I love using that. And right now, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very much into fantasy literature and I have been for a while. Um, but I mean, I think you could really do it for any... I, I mean, you know, whatever genre you're reading, yeah. you know, so, um, I don't know, interesting. Anything you've got out there that's made you think role-playing, or are you just trying not to be sick anymore? I, I've just been so tired at the end of the night that I've only been able to muster up reading about poop and potty training. We are parents. <sighs> yeah. We just potty trained our kid, dude, you guys. Oh, crap. I'll give that book a recommendation. Oh, crap, potty training. Shout out. Seriously, people who are out there and want to potty train... Our kid just turned to, we would love to say that he's a special snowflake and he is very smart and all of that, but I think this pro this thing would work for most. It took us like a week, basically. Yeah, I mean, there we're, still, we're still getting through some stuff. Every now I and mean, then he'll have doing... an, uh, an accident or whatever. For the most part, though, he is potty trained in a week. So, great book um, for those of you who are out there parents and... And um, it, it's not such a great book if you're not a parent. I don't think that it would be that interesting. I don't uh, know. If... Well, wait. The author's tone is fairly entertaining at times. Yeah. But you don't want to read about potty training a child if you don't have a child. And chances are, if you don't have a child, you're, you're yeah, you're not going to want to read this. No. No. You're not going to want to. No. You're not going to want to read this. No. Although it would give you some insight. It would. You know what else will give you some parenting insight? Hmm. Is a book, uh, uh, Toddlers Are Arseholes. Arseholes. Yeah. 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 It is hilarious. <laughs> I haven't read it. Have I, you read it? I've read bits and pieces. And I think at the end of Hard Night, we should maybe read some. Make us ha laugh a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Well, we hope all of you out there are having great times with your kids. If you're a parent and enjoying the holiday season, or if you're not, or if you're a parent of a fur baby or whatever, 
you know, put your... You still got a potty train for a baby, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> put them in your favorite holiday costume, take some photos, and, and reach out to us. You know, you get all the info at the end of this episode on how you can contact us, but we'd love to see some of those photos and everything like that. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of RPGs and Baby Mink Street. Gretchen, thanks for sitting on this, well, ottoman. You're not really sitting on it, but thanks for being comfortable on an ottoman <laughs> while we record this. <laughs> The glamorous lifestyle of podcasting. Mm. Thanks for tuning in, you all, and we will catch up with you soon. Yep. Take care, everybody. RPGs and Baby Makes 3 is a production of Gretchen and Rob sitting on their couch. Email the show at rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. You can find more episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as on our free Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash RPGs and Baby Makes 3.